70 to 80% of our immune system is found in our gut lining. We know that our neurotransmitters, so our happy hormone like serotonin, 90% of it is produced in our gut. So our gut is, like I've you know, said over and over, it's just so important to our overall health that why wouldn't you throw everything at it to make sure that you're really supporting your gut health? So, and like I said, the spores are like that gardener. You always need the gardener. You know, you're always going to, maybe you don't need the gardener every single day, but maybe once, you know, every other day, every third day, but just so you're constantly getting those spores in there. So there's someone helping maintain that ecosystem. I'm Doug Bopes personal trainer, best-selling author, and entrepreneur, and I'm on a mission to help others become the best version of themselves. So I'd like to welcome you to the Adversity Advantage podcast, where we will help you use obstacles, failures, and setbacks to give you that edge needed for success. I'll be interviewing people from all walks of life on how they overcame trials and turned them into triumphs. So please sit back, relax, and get ready to be absolutely blown away by some of the wisdom and stories you're about to hear. Welcome back to another episode of the Adversity Advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bobst, and today's guest is Tina Anderson. Tina is the CEO and co-founder of Just Thrive, a gut health supplement company. In this episode, we'll be diving deep into the topic of gut health and the importance of maintaining a healthy gut. Tina will be sharing her knowledge and expertise on the symptoms of poor gut health, what causes it, and what you can do to improve it. We'll also be discussing the role of probiotics, what to look for when buying probiotics, and why not all probiotics are created equal. We also get into the importance of fiber and also talk about fermented foods, elimination diets, and so much more. So let's get this conversation going and welcome Tina Anderson to the Adversity Advantage podcast. Tina, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Doug. I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited to have you on. You founded an incredible company, Just Thrive Health, which essentially helps people improve their gut health through a variety of products. And I think the best place for us to start is you've been doing this for a while. You're passionate about it. What are some of the the most common signs and symptoms you hear from people with regards to their gut health not being healthy? Yeah. It's so funny because I think that so many people associate gut issues as having like gas and bloating, diarrhea, constipation. And those are absolutely signs that you have some imbalance in your gut and you've got some gut issues going on. Um, And that's what we hear probably most of the time we're hearing people who have a lot of bloating, you know, some type of digestive issues, you know, diarrhea, constipation, even like acid reflux. That's what we're hearing a lot of. But what we now know is that you know, things like skin rashes, autoimmune issues, you know, mood issues, all of those types of conditions are, you know, related to an imbalance in your gut. And that's what has been so exciting is to see that when you start to like fix your gut, you start seeing improvements in all of these other, you know, issues. I mean, it's really hard to find any disease out there that's not associated with some type of imbalance in your gut. I mean, from heart disease to cancer, diabetes, you know, Alzheimer's, dementia, all of those things, nobody thought of that that has anything to do with your gut. But we do know now that so many of these diseases are associated with an imbalance or balance of your gut. People talk a lot about like the gut brain access and how our brain health and gut health are essentially intertwined. From your experience and talking to people, do you find that most people's gut microbiome is disrupted because of stress in their lives? Or do you mainly think it's because of the foods that they eat or both? Yeah, I think it's a big combination. There are so many offenders to our gut health that we live in. And I think that's what's so 
crazy is that we are 10 times more bacterial than we are human cells. So the Human Microbiome Project launched about 12 years ago told us more about the gut than we ever knew before. And we now know that we are 10 times more bacterial cells than we are human cells. And yet we live in this world that is so offensive to our bacteria, starting with antibacterial hand soaps, antibacterial soaps, you know, the cleaning supplies that we have in our house, our household cleaning products. So, you know, we have those cleaning products that say kills 99.99% of the bacteria. And there's actually a study that showed children from households that use those types of products actually have a higher incidence of asthma and allergies because we're killing off the bacteria. But lots of other offenders, like you mentioned, stress is a huge, huge offender to our gut health. The gut and the brain are always talking back and forth to each other. And the gut sends signals up to the brain and the brain sends signals down to the gut. And so, yeah, that's a huge stress. The food that we're eating, like you mentioned, processed foods are so disruptive to our gut health sugar, you know, alcohol, I'm sorry to tell everybody, all those things are super disruptive to our gut health and toxins that are found in our environment, chemicals that are all, you know, we're surrounded by. We live in a very, very disruptive gut health world, unfortunately. Another big one, of course, is antibiotics, you know, antibiotics that we take. I know antibiotics save lives. And of course, sometimes people have to take them. You know, the constant taking of them, you know, people who take them for acne or skin issues, or, you know, we see that all the time where people have had, they have horrible gut issues because of the fact that they've been on antibiotics for a few years. And it's very disruptive in our gut health. But unfortunately, antibiotics, even if you avoid taking them, they're in our food supply. You know, we know that we find them in animal products all the time. So yeah, there's so many offenders out there, unfortunately. And it's why we're seeing this epidemic of allergies in our children. It's why we're seeing, you know, so many people with autoimmune issues because of the world we're living in, unfortunately, is very disruptive to our gut health. Where's a good place for people to start in order to improve their gut health? We've talked about some of the signs and symptoms. We've talked about some of the causes. What's the low-hanging fruit here for somebody who maybe is completely stressed out of their mind? Maybe they're not sleeping as well. They're eating processed foods, and they just feel this constant bloat in their gut. Where do they start? Yeah, great question, because that's the good news, that you can heal your gut. You really can heal your gut. There's lots of things that you could do. And I mean, of course, in my eyes, the low-hanging fruit is to take a spore-based probiotic like Just Thrive. But let's first talk about some of the other things that we could all do. You know, one of the things I always recommend is meditation. And, you know, people used to... Five, six years ago, when I would talk about this, people thought I was, you know, crazy that I would say meditation is going to help my gut. But like I mentioned, those signals are going back and forth to each other. So, you know, I would recommend people trying to have a calmer lifestyle. You know, when we are calm, the brain is sending signals down to the gut, which is really important. I also recommend that I'm a huge fan of intermittent fasting. There are studies that show that when you intermittent fast, it actually helps create diversity in the microbiome. So, really important to create diversity in the microbiome. We really want to have a very diverse group of bacteria. And by intermittent fasting, there are studies that show that that actually helps improve the diversity in the gut. Uh, Of course, some people just don't tolerate intermittent fasting well, and that's fine. You should listen to yourself. But even if you stop eating after, let's say, you know, six o'clock at night, seven o'clock at night and wait, you know, until the next day, you're intermittent fasting right then and there. I also recommend, you know, avoiding sugar and alcohol and those types 
types of things. One of the big recommendations that's interesting is just to go eat a diverse group of foods. You know, we live in this world that people are so tied to certain diets, you know, paleo, keto, vegan, whatever it might be. And I'm a proponent of trying to eat a diverse group of foods. We do know that having diversity, like I said, in the diet is very helpful to our microbiome. So I suggest trying to eat different types of, you know, fruits and vegetables, even going to ethnic grocery stores to have different types of roots and tubers that you could get from different grocery stores to help create more diversity in the gut microbiome. And then, yeah, avoiding stress. And then, of course, taking a spore-based probiotic, a probiotic that really is effective and working that to actually shift the microbiome. Diving more into the probiotic world, I've heard people say you can't necessarily take a C grade gut and just feed it a probiotic and just continue to eat and be stressed the same way to fix your gut. What are your thoughts on that? And do you think that people should like address the stress and the foods they eat in their lives while taking a probiotic and not just taking a probiotic to improve their gut health? You know, I think that train of thought is actually kind of right on spot that most probiotics on the market really aren't going to help. Like if you have a very disruptive gut, it's not, they're not really going to help. And the majority of probiotics on the market are made up of lactobacillus and bifidobacterium, and they have difficulty surviving the gastric system. They, most of them arrive dead on arrival in the intestines. And so they really don't do anything. An analogy I love to use is this garden analogy. If you kind of compare your gut to your intestinal tract to a garden, and the garden has like plants that have been stepped on and trampled on, and there's weeds growing all over that garden. The majority of probiotics on there, out there, the lactobacillus and bifidobacterium type of strains on the market, you throw those, gar- those seeds into the garden. They may plant a few plants here and there and new plants in that garden, but they're not doing anything with the weeds in the garden. They're not doing anything with those plants that have been stepped on and trampled on. They're not helping them come back to life. Whereas the strains and just thrive, if they go into that garden, they're attaching to the soil. They have the ability to get rid of the weeds in the garden or the overgrowth of the weeds. And they have the ability to go in and create a more beautiful garden and help bring those plants that have been stepped on and trampled on back to life. And so that's really the biggest difference. So if you compare that to your intestinal tract, these spores that are found in Just Thrive actually go in and attach to the intestinal cell wall. They have the ability to help fight that overgrowth of the pathogenic bacteria. And then they have the ability to bring those beneficial bacteria back to life. So, And that's how you create diversity. That's really how you create diversity. So you think of the spore-based probiotic as a gardener of the gut. It's going there and cleaning the garden out. But you know, I do agree a lot with that train of thought that you had mentioned because most probiotics really are not they're not going to make a true change. They may make that garden a little bit prettier because you've got some nicer plants in there, but they're not getting rid of that overgrowth of the bacteria. They're not getting rid of those. They're not bringing those plants that need to come back to life and flourish. And so that's why we have you know such profound results with this product because it's actually making a true change in that garden, in that ecosystem in your gut. And then your next question was about whether you do it all at the same time. I would definitely recommend doing it at the same time. I mean, I wouldn't, I mean, I think our probiotic is incredibly effective, but think about how much better it's going to work if you're doing those things like meditating. I mean, I am constantly doing things 
you know, to further support my gut health because I know that the gut is so responsible for every aspect of our overall health. So I'm going to throw everything that I can in it because it's where you start with health. So yeah, I would definitely say try to do some of the other suggestions while you're doing it um, as well. But if you just want to try the product to see what it does, that that would be fine. Or try some of these other, you know, solutions out there and see if they work for you. That would be great. But I say every day we're being offended by, you know, toxins and all these offenders to our gut health. Let's take care of it on a regular basis. Right. So it seems that the type of probiotic that y'all have created helps get to the root cause of some of the gut health issues. And Kind of doubling down on this, I want to talk about like what people should look for if they're purchasing a probiotic, whether they just if they decide to buy Just Thrive, they decide to buy something else. Because I think what happens is people will hear, just take a probiotic, they go to the grocery store, they go to online, they find something that just says probiotic, they buy it, and they're like, I'm good. And obviously, like there's so much nuance to this discussion. So when somebody is like, say they're looking online, say they're looking in a grocery store, say they're looking at your site or somebody else's site? Like, what should they look for when it comes to probiotics? Yeah, and maybe we'll start even with some of the big myths out there because like the myths of looking for a good probiotic, you know, your some doctors will say, make sure you get one that's in the refrigerator. And that's actually one of the biggest myths out there because think about it, if a probiotic needs to be refrigerated, it's because it needs to remain alive and it needs the refrigeration to stay alive. It can't even withstand the room temperature of the store shelf. So if it can't withstand the room temperature of a store shelf, what in the world will happen when it hits your body temperature, which is 98.6, which is much hotter than the room temperature of the store shelf. So I don't get caught up in buying one that, you know, is in the refrigerator. That's actually just marketing. And the other big thing with marketing is the number of CFUs. You'll see on the front label, it says, you know, 250 billion CFUs, that's colony forming units. There's some, you know, 50 billion, 100 billion, 250 billion. There is no study behind that, that more is better. A lot of companies are putting a lot in because they know that they're all dying by the time they get to the intestines. So when you're looking at a probiotic, I would look for a bacillus. So not lactobacillus or bifidobacterium. I would look for bacillus. Bacillus indicates that it's a spore-based probiotic. And you want bacillus strains that have studies behind them. And, you know, of course, that's what we have, our studies behind our products. We're a very research-based company. But I just would be really mindful of not getting caught up in, like, the refrigeration thing because so many people think, a probiotic needs to be alive. Yes, a probiotic needs to be alive, but it doesn't need to be alive in the refrigerator. It needs to be alive in the intestines. And that's what the spores do. They're actually, the spores and Just Thrive are actually dormant when they're in the capsule. You swallow them, they go through your gastric system. You know, the stomach is meant to be the gastric barrier, but they stay in their dormant state. It's not until they hit the intestines that they take their shell off and that's when they become alive. So it's important that they're live microorganism in your body, in your intestines, not in the refrigerator. And I think that's one of the biggest things for people to overcome. And I think another thing, one of the biggest things that that people think is going to happen when they take a probiotic is it's going to be just like a, a Band-Aid thing where they take it for a month to try to like fix whatever gut issues they have. And then all of a sudden, then their gut health is just going to be perfect because this probiotic has gone into their system and like rewired the lining of their gut or something like that. Talk about that. Like, do you think that people should be taking a probiotic on a regular basis, or do you think that 
it can actually have some benefit for just taking it for a few months. We will get you back to this episode of the Adversity Advantage in just one second, but first I wanted to give a quick shout out to Paleo Valley. I have been a big fan of their products for a while now, and lately I have been addicted to their chocolate bone broth protein. It's decadent, tasty, and a great addition to my smoothie. You hear a lot about the many health benefits of bone broth, and it's commonly referred to as a superfood. With that said, some people don't like the taste of bone broth or are confused about which to buy. Paleo Valley has solved this problem for you. Their bone broth protein is made with 100% grass-fed and finished bones that are free from pesticides or antibiotics and are slow-simmered to extract as much collagen protein as possible. You can add it to smoothies like I do, or it makes a great addition to baked dishes, your coffee, or mix with hot water and a little pepper for a filling, collagen-loaded afternoon treat. So if you'd like to join me in drinking the bone broth protein from Paleo Valley, go to www.paleovalley.com, and when you enter in the code DUG at checkout, you will get 15% off. Again, it's paleovalley.com, and when you enter in the code DUG at checkout, you'll get 15% off. Now back to the show. Yeah, I definitely feel that you should be taking it on a regular basis, even if you go to a maintenance dose, you know, maybe one every other day rather than the one capsule every day. Mostly because, like I said, we are being offended every day. We can't avoid the offenders to our gut health. I mean, they're around us all the time. And because we know that the gut is dictating so much of our health, I mean, 70 to 80% of our immune system is found in our gut lining. We know that our neurotransmitters, so our happy hormone like serotonin, 90% of it is produced in our gut. So our gut is, like I've you know, said over and over, it's just so important to our overall health that why wouldn't you throw everything at it to make sure that you're really supporting your gut health? So, and like I said, the spores are like that gardener. You always need the gardener. You know, you're always going to, maybe you don't need the gardener every single day, but maybe once, you know, every other day, every third day, but just so you're constantly getting those spores in there. So there's someone helping maintain that ecosystem. But, you know, personally, I take it every single day. My kids take it every single day. My parents take it every single day. I'm very adamant that everybody takes it on a regular basis because, like I said, it's all over. All these offenders are there in our food supply. Every We all try to eat clean. We try to do all these great things. But even I'm a pretty clean eater. And even I you know, know that sometimes I'm not always eating clean. And diving into your personal story a bit, a lot of times people who start wellness companies, there's a backstory that something happened in their health and they used something or they found a tool that worked for them and then they've created something or created some sort of product that not only helps themselves but helps other people. You didn't go that path. You're a lawyer and you started this gut health probiotic company. Like why? I was in litigation for several years and then I went off to a family pharmaceutical business and my husband and I were in the pharmaceutical industry. And while there, I thought it was great. I thought this is amazing. We're helping, you know, delivering life-saving medications to people and it's wonderful. But after being in the industry for many years, we started to see a lot of the abuses. We started to see the overprescribing of medications. And we ourselves were not very, you know, pharmaceutical driven. We were very naturally driven. We would, like, for example, when my kids would get a fever, I would let them kind of let the fever run its course. I wouldn't quickly just give them ibuprofen. I would let their body fight the infection as best as they could. Of course, I would never let it get dangerously high, but I was always very mindful of trying 
to avoid antibiotics, trying to avoid over-the-counter medicines to like get to the root cause of things. So after being in that industry for a while and seeing our own relatives, you know, we had a, my husband's aunt was on one medication for like a stomach issue. And then that caused, that medication caused joint pain. And then she had joint pain. She took another medication for that. It caused a skin rash. And I mean, before you know it, she was on a dozen different medications and never getting better. And, you know, and we saw this in the industry as well. And so we thought, you know what, we're not doing our life's work. We read a lot of Wayne Dyer and Norman Vincent Peale and all these other great thinkers. And the message just kept getting sent to us that you are not doing your life's work. And so we decided that we wanted to explore getting into the natural health and wellness world. We wanted to focus on prevention and maintenance of our health rather than focusing on treating symptoms like as is done in the pharmaceutical industry. I'm also super passionate about empowering people to take control of their health. And so we empowered ourselves during the process and started researching and learning. And through you know, being at the right place at the right time, I always feel like, and a lot of prayer and meditation, we were able to license these strains from London University. And we were disruptors in the market. We brought a type of probiotic strain and we created a whole new category of probiotics in the market. And it was really hard and tough, but it was so gratifying because when you are leaving something that is just not in line with the way you are and and what your core beliefs are and going into something that is not only helping ourselves and our families and but helping the world at large it's been the best thing we've ever done so speaking of the probiotics that you formulated like what are some things that people can expect to feel after taking them for a consistent amount of time Yeah. Well, I think the key there is consistency. So there are some people who maybe have like loose stools and they'll feel a difference within a couple days. You know, you people, I feel like that have more like constipation. It takes a little bit longer. It really is very individual. But what we're seeing is, you know, people start to see, a lot of people will come to take it just because they have an issue of some sort and they see that resolve. But then what happens is they start to sleep better. They start to have better energy. They have better weight management. It's funny, we talk about this all the time. You know, in the pharmaceutical world, it's like side effects are suicidal thoughts, bloody stools, all these things where like with our products, it's like side effects include better mood, better weight management, you know, sleeping better. And it's, and just overall, just feeling better. When you start going to the bathroom regularly and really, really having normal bowel movements, you really start to see how much better your life is. You know, you're getting rid of those toxins on a regular basis. You're, you're, you know, you're getting less bloat. A lot of people will say, oh, you know, I, you know, sometimes I get bloated when I eat that food. Well, we shouldn't be getting bloated when we're eating a certain food. I mean, that's a sign that there's some disruption going on in your gut. So you just start to see you're able to tolerate foods better. You know, we had talked about, I did not have any, you know, thank God I didn't have any medical issues or any really big symptoms when we started this company. When I started taking it, because I knew I wanted to support my gut health. And we know that people, so many people are walking around with a leaky gut and they don't know it. But when I started taking the product, after a couple months, I started noticing, oh my gosh, now I know what it is to be regular. You know, now I understand what it really means to, you know, feel so like almost cleaned out. You know, you feel so much healthier on a regular basis. So I love that when people stay on it for at least three months, just because it's, we have a 90 day product and it's, I love when people do that because it really, really lets you see what it's done for you and the health benefits that you experience. 
I've heard some people say that when they take a probiotic, it makes them feel more bloated at times and that actually can create more flatulence. Have you heard that as well? And if so, like, why would that be the case? Yeah, no, that's something that we call die-off. And I'm so glad you brought that up because die-off is basically when these strains go into the gut, they start to you know kill off these pathogenic bacteria. And then that leaves a toxic residue. So sometimes that toxic residue could actually cause some discomfort. So maybe some gas or bloating, you know, you could have rashes. There's lots of different symptoms that people could get from die-off, but most of the time it's some type of gastric distress. And so we always tell people when that's happening, that's actually a great sign because it's a great sign because it's telling us that it's actually killing off that pathogenic bacteria and helping bring more balance in the gut. But we never want anybody to feel uncomfortable at all. So we recommend you just go slowly. You know, you could start with a product. It is a potent product. You know, the normal capsule or the normal doses is just, just just one a day with food. So one capsule a day in the presence of food. We have a study that shows these strains work better in the presence of food, but just one a day. But if we recommend starting slowly, maybe doing one every other day for the first couple days or the first week until you could titrate up to one capsule a day. And then we would recommend, or you could even open the capsule and you could do half a capsule every day. If you want to go that way, you could save the other capsule. You could just open the contents, mix it with food or drink and it's perfectly fine. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for that information and for clarifying that because I think sometimes it can discourage people when they start taking a probiotic, whether it's yours or whether it's anything else and that they're like, well, I thought this was supposed to improve and fix my gut health and I'm feeling more bloated when, again, like we've said, it's not going to be a quick fix. It's going to be something that you need to take consistently and you also need to like address the other areas of your life. You're constantly stressed and eating poorly like a probiotic isn't going to get rid of the rest of your life's problems, right? You have to work on everything else. And speaking of that, adding another layer to this conversation, we've talked about diversity in the gut as far as improving gut health. What is your opinion on fiber and the role that that plays in improving gut health? Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm a huge fan of fiber. You know, we feel that you should first clean up your gut because if you're feeding the you know, in that garden analogy, if you're just putting fertilizer in the garden and you've got this overgrowth of pathogenic bacteria, it's going to cause those weeds to grow out of control. So that's why a lot of people have trouble with fiber. So I would always recommend that you first clean up your gut and, um, you know, with the probiotic. And we have a product, uh, prebiotic, that is also really great. We know that prebiotics on the market, a lot of prebiotics on the market actually will feed the good plants and the bad plants at the same time, or the good bacteria and the bad bacteria. We know that our strains, our fibers only feed the beneficial bacteria. That's why we call it a precision prebiotic because it only targets the beneficial bacteria. So I always feel like first you need to clean up that garden and then add in the fibers. Talk about the difference between prebiotic and probiotic, because I think prebiotics, that term has become quite popular recently, and I think maybe it would be helpful for to clarify what the difference is between the two. Yeah, the simplest analogy I could do is the garden. You know, think of the probiotic as the gardener in the gut, and think of the prebiotic as the fertilizer in the gut. So, you know, you basically the prebiotic is going in and feeding the bacteria. And we want it to only feed the beneficial bacteria. We don't want it to feed the 
pathogenic bacteria. And that's why it's important that, you know, finding a prebiotic that's really targeting the beneficial bacteria. So the easiest way to understand it is think of a prebiotic as the fertilizer for the garden. Okay, cool. And I actually had heard before that when you have like an unhealthy gut microbiome and you try to feed it a bunch of fiber, it can create like more bloating and flatulence. And it doesn't mean the fiber is not healthy for you because obviously it, it is, but it just means you need to really get to the core issue so that your gut can tolerate more of that stuff. And this leads me to my next question in that a lot of times when people get bloating, they get flatulence, they have like pain in their gut, they'll just start eliminating foods and they'll be like, well, I'm just allergic to gluten or I'm allergic to this and that. And they might just have like a poor gut health. So how can somebody tell the difference between if they like have something like celiac or lactose intolerance versus just poor gut health? Yeah, well, I mean, you don't want to mess around with celiac disease, that's right. for sure. I mean, we don't want to mess around. I mean, gluten, at the end of the day, gluten is not good for anyone. We actually all have an intolerance to gluten because we know that gluten, even though we may not feel it outwardly, we know that gluten is really disruptive to that gut lining. And that gut lining is so critically important. So, but like for other types of foods outside of gluten, I do feel like, you know, when you have a, some type of discomfort when you eat a food, that is a sign you've got some disruption going on in your gut. And what we've seen a lot is there are people who have some type of intolerance start taking the spores and they start to be able to tolerate those foods better. And we never, you know, suggest somebody who has a peanut allergy go and like, you know, start taking the probiotic and start introducing peanut butter. But there are a lot of foods where people start, they have some intolerance to, and they start to slowly introduce it back in and your immune system starts to be able to like, you know, tolerate it better and your gut's able to tolerate it better. Right. Yeah. Cause I've heard that like, if you can't tolerate a lot of foods, it's a sign that there's something going on with your gut. Right. And you have Absolutely. to do whatever you can to fix it. Let's, I want to talk about like fermented foods because I've, I've heard a lot recently that like fermented dairy, things like kefir, hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. Kombucha, stuff like that are all beneficial for your gut. What is your opinion on that? And uh, what are some of your favorite fermented foods to include in your diet? Yeah, I agree with that. I think uh, fermented foods are incredibly beneficial to our gut health. I don't think they replace a probiotic, and here's why. They produce like the lactobacillus and bifidobacterium strains like we talked about. Those two will die when they get to the intestines. However, fermented foods have so many byproducts and compounds and nutrients that are so beneficial to our gut health. So I love sauerkraut. That's one of my go-tos. I love to have my sauerkraut. So, But I, I'm a huge fan of fermented foods. I just wouldn't look at it as a replacement because those strains will die when they get to the intestines. But definitely, I would definitely recommend to eating fermented foods. Any support we could give to our gut health is going to help us. Sauerkraut's good. It's, it's good stuff. I mean, I like sauerkraut. I also like kimchi too, like the different forms of uh, kimchi. And talking about gut health and then also talking about you and what you do on a daily basis, we've talked about diversity. And a lot of people, they have a hard time eating a diverse group of food. Sometimes people just eat the same thing every day. I'm guilty of that. Or some people, they're just not even paying attention to what they're really eating and they're just going throughout their day and they're like, all right, well, I'm just going to, I'm eating breakfast, so that's good. I'm at least doing that. I'm eating lunch. That's good. So I'm just, I'm at least doing that. And then I'm eating dinner. I got that covered. What are some of your best practices as somebody who's a mom, a wife, an entrepreneur, you're busy. How do you personally and for your family make sure that you're including a diverse group of foods in your diet to help with your gut health? 
Yeah, I wish I could say that I was not guilty either of eating the same things. I tend to eat the same things, especially for when I break my fast, I usually have eggs and I I love eggs. I I think eggs are just so filled with nutrients. They're super healthy and I I eat eggs a lot. But what I do is I mix a lot of different vegetables when I'm making my eggs. So I'll scramble some eggs and I'll throw in whatever, you know, vegetables I have. So and I really have been prescriptive about when I go to the grocery store picking up all different types of vegetables. You know, I would prefer like onions and red peppers in my eggs, but I will purposely, you know, grab asparagus and grab, you know, other different type broccoli, whatever it might be, just to get lots of different diversity of the different, you know, vegetables, especially and fruits. And I'm really bad about fruit. I'm like, I feel like I always go to like berries, you know, blueberries and strawberries, but I try to, you know, even open up a little bit more with the fruits as well as the vegetables. So even, you know, different types of fish, different types of meats, I'll have grass-fed meat, I'll have organic chicken, I'll have lamb. I like, I love lamb. I make a new thing with like ground lamb that I love. And, you know, I'm just like the rest of everybody, you know, I mean, as a society, we eat like six to 12 different types of food a year. Our ancestors used to eat like three to 500 different types of foods a year. They would eat off the land and roots and tubers. And we just don't do that now. So I guess just try to be as prescriptive as possible when you're at the grocery store. Don't grab what you're normally grabbing. Maybe this week, you know, grab some other different types of vegetables. That's a, those are great tips, right? It's just making sure that you're trying to include a variety of things in your diet. Like you mentioned, trying new recipes and trying to expand your palate and then mixing things in, right? You mentioned like eggs. Eggs are a staple, I think, for a lot of people for breakfast. And it's like not just having eggs, like mixing in different vegetables. Or if you're having a salad for lunch, like mixing in different vegetables. Or if you're having like a stir fry, like being able to mix in like peppers and onions and mushrooms and stuff like that. I just think... You have to be creative and you have to find a way to be efficient because we are all busy. So the more you can just incorporate that stuff naturally into your meals without having to make something separately, I think it'll be um, a game changer. And the last thing I want to cover is we've talked about how stress can be detrimental to our gut health and really to our lives in general if we're not careful of how we manage it. Again, like I've said, you're busy, you have a lot going on, you got kids, you got a business. What are some of the things that you do on a daily and a weekly basis to help mitigate your stress other than you know what you previously mentioned in meditating? Great question because I did not manage my stress at all very well when we started this business. You know, I had my I have three adult children now, but at the time they were in high school and um, middle school, and I vowed my husband and I have been married. This May will be thirty years, and we I vowed that you know when we start this business we are not going to compromise our marriage or our family life at all. And I was adamant about that because that was my true wealth is that is my true wealth is my family. And so what I did is I didn't compromise any of those things. I was everything to everybody. And I was also, you know, running this business with my husband and I was just the two of us for so many years and I ran myself ragged and I learned the hard way that I should not have done that because I would be at my kids, you know, my son's baseball games, my daughter's softball games with my laptop on my, you know, lap trying to get stuff done. And I was up crazy. I was up late at night. I couldn't even sleep because I'd be up so early in the morning. It was it was crazy. And so um, I realized that what I really needed to do was change my lifestyle. I mean, sometimes you just really need to make some huge changes. And we ended up, 
you know, hiring more people. We At first, I was kind of control. I, I thought I could do it all on my own. And I realized soon that really the way to grow your business is to hire other people who are smarter than you and know a lot more than you do about, you know, operations and different things like that. So that was a huge change. But I do meditate. I also do something called the heart math. Um, it's a deep breathing device that I use. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's just something to help breathe. Doing breathing exercises, I found, have been really beneficial to me. I'm a huge walker. I've always been a walker, but I find that walking has just been one of the most important things to just keep me grounded and clear my mind. So that's been super helpful. I do affirmations. I do daily affirmations that I say in the mirror that are, you know, some are about my health, some are about my mental health, some are about business. You know, they're about all different types of categories in my life, but that's usually how I start my day out. Some um, deep breathing, meditation and affirmations and then a walk. That's so cool that you've been able to like find ways to manage your stress and to alleviate it and to be consistent with it because like I think a lot of times when people they experience stress when they're they have a family, they're running a business, they just acknowledge that, well, this is just the way it is. Like I'm gonna be busy, I'm gonna be overworked, I'm gonna be stressed. This is just part of the sacrifice I need to make in order to provide for my kids, provide for my family, make money, whatever the case may be. So I just think it's really admirable that given how busy you were and are, that you make your own mental health and managing your stress a priority. So Tina, I wanted to thank you so much for coming on. I learned a lot. I think the audience is going to get a lot out of this conversation. If people want to learn more about Just Thrive, where's the best place to do that? And if you were to pick one product other than the probiotic, which we talked about, the 90-day probiotic for somebody to try if they want to, what would it be? Oh boy, that's a hard question. But so to start out, you could find us at justthrivehealth.com. And if you could read our blogs, you could you know, talk, there's a product coach on the team that maybe you could even talk to her and see if she could help you decide what other product. But I would say Given the world that we're living in right now, our other product, Just Calm, which is a psychobiotic, which would probably require a whole other episode about, but to talk about, but because the world we're living in is so, you know, stressed out and everybody's under pressure, we launched this product a year ago. We had an unprecedented launch, unfortunately, because it's so relevant in this world right now, but people are seeing great results with it because it's just calming you down a little, helping bring cortisol down. So I would say foundationally, Everyone, I can't think of anybody that shouldn't start with a probiotic. I mean, it is so foundational to our health. And again, I would do the 90 day. But then if you wanted to introduce another product, I would suggest the Just Calm product if you are experiencing any stress or mood issues in your life. Otherwise, the prebiotic is also just so great for supporting further support of what your gardener of the probiotic is doing for you. So, but yeah, those would probably be my top three. Also, if you go to justthrivehealth.com, you could use the coupon code DOUG for 20% off of the 90-day probiotic. So normally we'll do like a 15% discount, but we're offering the 20% discount to encourage people to go with the 90-day so you really could see that difference. Sweet. Well, thank you so much for doing that. I think people are going to appreciate that. And hopefully y'all are going to go check it out because I'm just really impressed with what they've built. 
And you know, for those listening, what I invite you to do is to share a takeaway. We covered so much ground on all things gut health, probiotics, what you can do to improve your gut health. We talked about Tina's personal story and what she does to you know, manage her stress and make sure that she's taking care of herself. So what I invite you to do is to share a takeaway, whatever resonated with you the most, make sure to tag Just Thrive, tag myself, because we'd love to hear your feedback. And we once again, thank you for listening to this episode of The Adversity Advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bobst, and we'll see you next time.